0: Hello, hello. You're here with me again. I'm Kimberly Bellrose, faith coach, and I have partnered with Sharon McComb Certified Life Coach to wake up the believer on the inside of us to live like we believe. We co host Coaching Works episodes to bring an awareness of this profession of coaching and how we testify that it can help anyone with anything. And Sharon has Checkmate episodes that discuss the many ways that we get stuck in life. Using her experience and tips, she shares how we can tackle these stuck points. But this is my episode. This is my wake up episode that I share from my journey and the Message Bible with my ear open for Holy Spirit's revelation and breakthrough for our lives, our everyday lives. Don't you want to know how to live this life? So, last week, I talked about who is your main thing and about practicing his presence. And I want to dig a a little bit further into that, people, because it, it isn't natural. It isn't an easy thing. It isn't reading a a rule book and, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Oh, I can not do that. Oh, I can do that. I can't do that. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, well, what's the church doing? What are my friends doing? You know, all of that kind of thing. It isn't that. And one of the things that I said in the last episode is that, you know, I believe worry is a sin. I probably said that in more than one episode. And maybe I need to clarify that a little bit because... Why is worry a sin? It is, right? Do you agree? But is it possible to live a sinless life? You know, Paul says, why do I do the things I don't want to do and why don't I do the things I want to do? Practicing his presence, practicing that trust, right? Every day is... A day to remember of our salvation, of our redemption, of our born from above, of our being forgiven, our being set apart, our being chosen. We are different from those who do not have that. Does that mean that I am a perfect person? that I don't make these mistakes? For example, worry, (laughs) right? Come on. Can you live a day without having a twinge of anxiety and worry? Oh, but wait, if that's sin, okay. And you know, when God convicts you of something and, uh, you know, I can use a few examples, right? Like, you know, when God is convicting you of, uh, you know, getting up early and you chose to stay in bed and so you're disobedient, then for you, that's sin. If God is convicting you of eating sugar, then you eat sugar. then for you, it's for sin. But is eating sugar or staying late in bed the same for somebody else if they don't have that conviction. Right? So I don't know how to explain. And that and that's my heart. That's my desire. That's my, my wake up your believer part is that it isn't routine. Being a believer isn't reading a rule book and following it. It isn't quoting a statement of beliefs that I'm in agreement, so therefore I'm a believer. It's not that those things are not, but those things are not waking up your believer. So when I asked the question last week and talked about, you know, who is your main thing versus... Practicing your presence, I just want to dig deeper into what the heck does that look like? Why am I saying all the time, wake up your believer, believe like you live like it? You know, that's, that's a huge question, and it's very, very hard for me to communicate. And I I make these attempts with every episode, but I, I, I know that every single one of them falls short. I listened to a, a message this week, and people were... This pastor said that, you know, people say to him all the time, Why do you only talk about the love of Jesus every single message that he gives. And he said that, you know, that's what changed everything for him. That's what be, you know, is the crux of it all. And I don't disagree. But for me, when I, when I talk to anybody, when I talk about this believer life, Like I have said in the past, for me not to talk about God is like holding my breath. So it's very uncomfortable for me to be in church after the service and people don't talk about God. Or me to go out for lunch with friends and they don't want to talk about God. For me to be in my workplace and they don't want to talk about God. It's, my believer is woke up in such a way that it's all about God. That is the believer life that I'm talking about. My going to bed, my waking up, my having coffee, my getting dressed, my discussion with family, what I do on Facebook, what I read, what I listen to, what I watch on TV, when I'm at work, when I'm with friends, when I'm out for dinner, when everything 24-7, 365 days a year, it's all about God. If we have become born again, if we are born from above, if we are saved, if we have had our believer woken up, We need to believe that that same relationship that Jesus had with the Father, that communication, that conviction, that holiness, that um, direction, that hope, that joy, that trust, that faith, that assurance. People, that is the believer life. It's all of the believer life. Jesus heard from the Father, and he followed. And I believe with all of my heart, with all of my believer, that that is the life that we are to live. Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, He was talking to his disciples. They were upset that they finally understood that he was leaving and he said to them again let me say it again this truth. It is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave the friend won't come but if I go I'll send him to you. When he comes he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin righteousness and judgment he'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin that righteousness comes from above where I am with the father out of their sight and control that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted and then he goes on and he says I still have many things to tell you Now I want to go to chapter 17. And Jesus is saying this prayer to his Father for us. Yeah, did you know that? For us and his disciples. So, you know, Jesus is there. And after he speaks to the disciples about the importance of why he has to leave, he lifts his eyes and he prays this. And he is saying, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your Son so that the Son in turn may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human so he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. And this is the real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ. Who you sent. Jesus is, continues praying and he says, Father, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail that you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your own splendor, the very splendor that I had in your presence before there was a world. I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me they were yours in the first place then you gave them to me and have now done what you said and now beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything you gave me is firsthand from you for the message you gave me I gave them and they took it and were convinced that it came from you they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. Now I'm this is me interrupting the reading of the scripture to say that Jesus is praying for them. Those that believed, those that have been chosen, those that who have been born from above, had their believer. Awakened, He's praying for those people. To the men and women that were given to have this. So now Jesus continues to pray. He says they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything that you've given is firsthand from you. And they took it. And they were convinced that it came from you. They believed that you sent me. Jesus says, I'm not praying for the God-rejected world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours is mine. And my life is on display in them. Get it? Jesus is saying to the Father in the hearing of his disciples through the written words for you and for me that he is no longer going to be visible in this world but that he is going to be displayed in us that he is praying this relationship this word, these words for all of those who believe in him He says, they're going to continue in the world while I return to you. He says, Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me, as a gift through Jesus. There's not one of us that can earn it or deserve it. It is a gift through Jesus, not through anything you've done, Not through anything I've done. Now Jesus continues to pray. And he says that once we've got this gift, it is so that we can be one heart and mind. As Jesus and the Father are one heart and one mind. One heart and one mind with the Father. Knowing the Father's heart. Now, if we just go by scripture alone, and we read the things that Jesus said to the people, do you remember when he said to, uh, you know, the, the man who said, you know, I know, I saw you under the fig tree. Well, Jesus wasn't in any physical distance of being able to see that man under the fig tree do you remember when Jesus spoke to the man who had been laying by the pool for 38 years how did Jesus know he'd been there for 38 years think about that when Jesus met the woman at the well and said to her yes I know you've had so many husbands and who you're with now you're not even married where'd he get that information think about the relationship that Jesus had with the father Jesus didn't even need the written law he'd come from the father he knew the law the written word better than anyone, right? He, He wrote the word. He's the author, the finisher of our faith. He didn't just live by the word. He lived in a relationship of communication, whether it be by hearing an anointed written part of the word, Whether it's by an inner conviction, a sensing, a nudge. You know, Jesus lived in an open relationship with the Father on the earth as a human being, knowing how to live his life. That, my people, is what you call practicing the presence. And if you are a believer, I absolutely believe that you can have this relationship I am not the only one. I am not anyone special. And I have talked to and been in the circle of many believers where it is taught and it is believed that this is true. That anyone can hear the voice of God and walk in this open communication that Jesus died for us to have Not because we deserve it, but because He tore the veil. He made a way. He bought us. We are not guilty. We are redeemed. And we have open access to the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit to have this kind of life. It isn't about church membership. It isn't about how much you give. It isn't about what scriptures you know. It's about having your believer awakened. A friend recently said to me, when I was talking about this kind of relationship, and this friend said, but that's not the norm. That's not the norm. That is not the kind of relationship that most believers have. And that's my point. That's my point of having a wake up. That's my point of saying your believer needs to be woke up. Because my people, those who are listening to the sound of my voice right now, I am telling you, you can. You can. It should be the norm. If you are a believer that you have this relationship that I'm talking about, that you have that inner hearing of the spirit of the living God to confirm, to direct, to lead, to heal, to, to for your life, for every part of your life. Because you're 24-7, 365 days a year, as long as you are breathing on this planet, is your spiritual life. And I want you to have that. I want you to have that so bad that I took a course and I went through all the crap to learn how to do podcasting. I went through how to build a website. I went through the prayers and the money. I went through my people that are listening to my voice. I went through this, not for me, but for you for anyone out there hearing my voice that wants this kind of relationship with the living God that I'm talking about not a dead spiritual relationship my faith coaching is not coaching your everyday life it is encouraging and praying with you and for you that you will know what I'm talking about that I can help take you by the hand and believe that you can have this life, this abundant life, that your believer is awakened, that you are living like you believe, that you are practicing his presence and that people see it. My heart is to lead you to the ultimate coach. He is the sustenance for your life. He is the rock on which you stand. He is all. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, the difference between religion and relationship, the difference from practicing church or a rule book compared to This 24-7, 365-day life of living like a believer. If you don't know that and you want to know that, that you want to know more, please email me. My email is in the show notes. You can find contact on my website. You can learn more about me on my website. You can see the coaching package on my website, Insight and Interaction. My heart is for you to know him like I know him and believe that you can, that your believer will wake up and believe for more. That's what it's all about. So if you want to reach me, you can find me at www633 Nope, I'm sorry, I apologize. You can find me at www.633-wakeup.com and you can reach Sharon, certified life coach with a heart for the father and living this abundant life www.wildflowerwomen.ca Our heart is for you and the Father. So I want to bless you for being here. I want to bless you for sharing. Help spread the word. Not for us, but for others. And I want to bless you for leaving encouraging words for sharing on encouraging words not just for to us but for all the people that you meet this week for every single person to know what I read is that you know Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came because our lives are to show him so make sure your words are encouraging uplifting, hopeful. As we always end, be a blessing and be blessed. Bye-bye.